Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Wednesday, April the 7th, 2021. Uh, It is a partly cloudy afternoon here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. I am by the window. Um, by my favorite at my favorite spot in in our small home by the window and um, we've had a nice run of weather which I think has improved the general mood across the region <laughs> and um, and that's coincided with um, vaccinations kind of rolling out um, on a much larger scale which has also contributed to the improving mood um and so yes speaking of that i got my first vaccination shot um here in new york state the um over 30 and above crowd uh was um kind of approved (laughs) approved for um vaccination on they announced what did they do they announced it on March 29th and then as of March 30th you were allowed to make appointments and I made an appointment and I tried the city sites and the state sites and I kind of wanted to get it done at some high profile place like the Javits Center or um well City Field was my dream but that was Queens residence only or um Medgar Evers College here in Brooklyn seems to be like getting a lot of rave reviews but um ended up doing ended up booking at a random CVS in Staten Island um, in a neighborhood I'd never heard of called Mariner's Harbor, which is a great name for a neighborhood. Um, if you roughly know New York City geography, it's like north. Mariner's Harbor is north of the Staten Island Expressway and just west of, um, I guess they call it 440, that highway that's kind of the um, the West Island Expressway, and it goes up to the Bayonne Bridge. So it's in that top quad, top left quadrant uh, between the Staten Island Expressway, north of that, the w- west of this other expressway, the north-south one, and then like, yeah, it's like the Gothels Bridge is to the west, and the Bayon Bridge is kind of to the northeast. And it was kind of fun. I drove there. The appointment was at four fifteen. I try. I, I aimed to get there at like basically three fifty-five, and that's what I did. And they had a parking lot because it's basically suburbia and that was nice. <laughs> that was a nice um, treat to have a parking lot. And I went in and it was um, really well run. It was, you know, like a regular CVS, kind of a big one. And right when the doors open and you step inside, there was a table with this like 20 year old kid, basically, probably a part time job. And because he was just wearing regular street clothes and he checked me in. And he said, did you check in on your phone? Which I did. CVS sent a text saying, click this link when you arrive. And I had done that when I was walking from the car to the front door in the parking lot. And um, the guy said, great, can I see your ID or whatever? And he wrote out my name on those famous cards and he handed it to me and he said, step down all the way down to the back and um, to the pharmacy area. And I walked down this, this this corridor um, it was like a carpeted CVS, kind of interesting. It wasn't one of those bright, you know, f- you know, kind of really bright white C- drugstores. It was like more comfortable and dark and, and carpeted CVS. And I walked to the back. And as soon as I arrived at the back, like, you know, 10 seconds later, a woman there said, okay, now step over there behind that curtain. 
And I, I noticed there were like five people waiting in random chairs. And then I figured out they were waiting their 15 minutes post shot. So I went to the curtain and a very nice person there said, okay, you know, like, and I had already like raised my sleeve and she didn't really say anything. She goes, okay, here we go. Or she, you know, she confirmed who I was and my birth date of birth and she did it. And I will say that without exaggeration, within probably four minutes of walking in, I was vaccinated. And um, then I sat in the chair for 15 minutes and then I got up and left. And it was just kind of surreal to drive, drive home, driving on the expressway and it felt great. And I was just listening to music and playing it loud and just kind of couldn't believe that all of this past 14 months led up to that moment I was dreaming of and which could have come not for a while but it came sooner than we all expected so that was the big news um Julie got her second shot that very same hour actually in Manhattan on the Lower East Side um and let's see my brother-in-law, his second shot is coming up, um, I think tomorrow. Um, and just seems like many of my friends have gotten at least one now. Um, and more than a handful have gotten both shots. So you probably are noticing the same thing where you are. Um, unless you're in Canada, which is another story, sadly. Um, their rollout is not as fast as ours. Um, I think we had something to do with that banning exports um but anyway but you if you're listening you probably you probably would assume you probably have been back gotten at least one shot um if not both so yeah what a we're we're entering now this post weird phase i don't know and now talk comes to how long will these vaccinations last and also perhaps more crucially on a day-to-day basis how are we all going to handle um, reemergence into society, just socially and emotionally. Um, I'm a pretty outgoing, I'm like an introverted extrovert. You know, I like to do a lot of things, but within my set routine. And even that seems a little weird. I'm dying to see everyone, but it's going to just possibly feel very weird to get together in a group larger than a couple of people standing far away from each other outdoors. (laughs) We'll see. Um, so that was clearly the big news of the past couple of weeks. Um, let's see, what else did we do? Well, we're just still doing our random kind of socializing outdoors in the city. We went to Four Freedoms Park on the southern tip of Roosevelt Island. Um, Roosevelt Island, of course, is that very long sliver of island between Midtown and the Upper East Side and also Queens and I've always been fascinated by Roosevelt Island. I used to ride my bike there when I lived in Astoria, um, but only did it once or twice because the bridge is a steel girder bridge and it's just annoying to ride a bicycle across it. So I didn't do it very often, but um, it's a pretty interesting place. I wouldn't mind living there if it weren't for the fact that there are many other better places in New York City to live, but um, it's really cool in, in a way that I kind of like. It's It's just it's very samey and apartment building-y, and um, I don't know. I kind of get a kick out of it. My coworker Thomas, um, grew up partially on, on Roosevelt Island, and he told me that he and his friends used to skateboard a lot because I guess they made, they made all of these buildings because a lot of it is like 
1950s and newer construction. They made all of these buildings very um, wheelchair and otherwise um, accessible. So there are very few like steps on Roosevelt Island. So it was a skateboarding paradise. Um, but yeah, Four Freedoms Park opened, I think, five or six years ago. And um, of course, it is named in honor of Franklin Delano Roosevelt's Four Freedoms, which is for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. And it's a beautiful park. And unfortunately, they are actually, um, ironically, making it more um, accessible. Um, they're making accessibility improvements. So the entire center triangle, which comprises most of the park, was closed off. So you could only go to the on the outside and the tip, which is nice because you get all the views anyway. But we will re- be returning, I guess, at some t- sometime after June, which is when they anticipate finishing this project. But it was great to go there, and I recommend going there. Um, I liked it. Oliver liked it. Um, other signs of normalcy, so to speak, around the neighborhood is that um, even like other half brewing has started to have outdoor seating. Well, they first they opened indoor seating, which they had held off on. Um, all through this, even when it was legalized, so to speak. But they finally opened it. Um, I, of course, am not going in yet, even though it's tempting because they just have these big garage doors. And when you're inside, you're almost outside anyway, but still not going to do it. But um, they now have three tables for outdoor seating. And these tables are just those big barrels with um, (laughs) two chairs each. But I went down there and I sat there by myself at like six o'clock one night. And it was great. I just watched the elevated traffic jam up on the BQE Prospect Expressway, and it was, it was awesome. Um, and the whole time I was there, one of the Franks from Frankie's and F and F Pizza, not the Frank Deadhead that I'm kind of mildly chummy with, but the other Frank, he was just sitting in the tailgate of his open tailgate of his um, Tesla, with. I assumed was an employee from one of the restaurants who was eating McDonald's French fries because there's McDonald's right there. And they sat there for 15 minutes and they kind of didn't talk. It looked like they were waiting for something or on a break. And then at one point they just got into the Tesla and drove off. So that was kind of funny. Um, oh, and there was another outdoor seating thing. I went to Leyenda a couple of weeks ago and sat in the open window, which was out outside essentially. Um, and, um, because my friend Nate Lithgow, his barbecue pop-up Holy Ground was doing a um, pop-up sit-in thing or whatever at Land, and they were doing brisket tostadas. And so I came and caught up with Nate, which was great, and he has exciting things going on for his Holy Ground business, which um, hopefully will finalize soon. But they had a restaurant in Tribeca, and they were unfortunately forced to close last year. So I'm hoping that good things happen for Nate and Holy Ground. Um, Oh, we went to Koreatown, me and Julie and Oliver, a few weeks ago and Saturdays ago, and that was fun. Um, I wanted to go to this BB.Q olive chicken, kind of fast food Korean fried chicken place that I have seen my friend BQ check in on Foursquare slash Swarm. And it was great. They just have these things grab and go. They're prepackaged. You grab them from these like heated windows and you pay for them and you leave. It was awesome. Um, very efficient. We went to Koryo, the Korean bookstore, and Oliver got a little Korean fan. He loves fans, a spinning fan. So that was nice. Um, that was a nice afternoon. Yet another example of just kind of doing things within the city. Um, 
but we did get out of the city last weekend. We went to the family home in Socrates um, because, A, to get away, kind of for Easter, but um, Julie's parents and um, Julie and her sister Myung's parents were in town, and we, the, me, Julie, and Oliver, had not seen them since, I think, Christmas 2019. So that was pretty amazing. They are, of course, double vaccinated. Um, so it was just, I mean, it was great to see them. It was, that was yet another sign of like no, signs of normalcy coming over to the over the horizon this spring. So they were here. They arrived on the Thursday that actually I got my shot. And then the next day we all went up to Socrates and just had a great time and hung around the house. And on Saturday, Julie and Oliver and I, went to spend the afternoon a couple of hours in the town of Socrates and just went to Inquiring Minds bookstore which is very cute it's a a great used bookstore and um and UCD store actually and um they have a dog wall of fame with these like Kodak Instax or I mean Polaroid Instax or whatever it is cameras photos and uh our upstairs dog Coco um meaning my like in-laws dog Coco was in there like two months ago and they took a, a photo of Coco. So she's on the wall and it's adorable. Um, so yeah, it was nice to be in Socrates. We went to the little town beach park. Um, and yeah, I got to drive around first thing in the morning. Oh, first of all, I got to go running both days. I was there in the morning, maskless running because they live out, you know, on some distant country road and, or the house is out on some road. And in the two days of running, I passed two vehicles and one human being. Um, and on the first day I ran, I ran up to big pink, which is on a private lane, Parnassus lane, just down the road from the house. And big pink of course is where the band mostly all lived in 67 and 68. Um, and in the basement is where Bob Dylan and the band rehearsed and recorded all these songs in the summer of 67 from which the album, the basement tapes comes. Um, and also music from Big Pink, which was the band's first album. Uh, most of the songs were written in the basement there or at Big Pink. So it's now an Airbnb that you can rent and it's not cheap. It's like $500 a night and you don't get access to the basement, which seems like a big reason you would want to go there. Although I guess you can say you're staying in the house that the band lived in. It's not some big house or anything. It's a very average size house. Um, and Bob Dylan, there's pictures, Bob Dylan famously wrote his songs in, by the window on the main floor and then would take the songs downstairs and the band would play them. Um, so yeah, I ran up there. You can get kind of close. Um, and I didn't want to get any closer cause I didn't want to be seen, <laughs> but, um, so I just took a few photos and I ran back and that was my fun little, um, exercise. So to, no pun intended for the day. Uh, but again, wow, to run without a mask felt fantastic um i kind of foresee late summer being a point where people in the city will start to run without masks the ones the ones that run with masks which is still most of them um and i feel like that there'll be a sort of like a collective acceptance of that but we'll see um i'm i'm gonna wear masks until it's collectively accepted not to because i am just too anxious about people yelling at me um and i'm fine with not making people uncomfortable too i don't want to do that but uh, let's see what else happened. Oh, uh, well, I guess I'll just say a couple of, oh, we had a dead night. We had a DJ dead night, um, 
in March, March 18th, it was, I think it was, yeah, um, it was the, it was on, it was by, with our friends, relics.com, relics magazine, and fans.com, and they have a channel on Twitch, so it's kind of cool, because, like, Twitch gets a lot of eyeballs, and they kind of promote it well, we were the after show for this Oteo Burbridge con- streaming concert, um, which ended, it was, like, Went from like 8 to 9.30, and then we started, quote-unquote, DJing. Me and Scott Devendorf and Michael Arthur was live drawing, as he always does. And and we have um, visuals and oils, like kind of moving oils from Dan Goodwin, who made these for the Bob Weir Blue Mountain album and tour, and um, backdrop for the, that tour. And it was really fun, and we had like several thousand people watching the whole time, and I was like, wow. So I think we're doing another one on Earth Day, 4.20, haha. <laughs> um it's not confirmed, but it's basically confirmed. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then a couple of kind of weird, sad things to note. Um, a close family friend in Cincinnati died um, from COVID a couple of weeks ago. And it's sad for many reasons. One is um, I've known him since I was a kid. He was our dentist. And then he became a family friend because he was a ham radio operator like my dad. And so even after he retired and I had to find a new dentist, which was when I started going to the dentist here in New York, which was only like five years ago, but um, five, six years ago. But um, I was still in touch with him and I still would see him or talk to him almost every time I went home. And he helped our family out a lot since my dad had the stroke, which is now three years ago when he had the stroke, um, when our lives kind of were turned upside down. Um, So anyway when my dad died last summer and I was home, I had lunch with him and a couple of other friends, outdoor lunch at his country club. And cause I insisted on being outdoors and it seemed like he was not very, he did not take COVID very seriously. And I, he, you know, he just thought it was like overblown and I was stunned cause he was a smart guy and he was a man of medicine. I was just like, how could, how could you think that? But I didn't really say anything. I just, you know, just kind of said, well, I'm comfortable sitting outside and this is what we're comfortable with and blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyway, he caught COVID, I think, from attending many indoor Christmas time holiday gatherings of extended family and I think just friends. And um, he was in the hospital for over two months and was stable and okay for a while. And then there was a big downturn. And think he had a procedure and he didn't really regain consciousness for a couple of weeks after that and the doctors recommend removing him from life support and the family agreed and he died within I mean almost immediately so um it's pretty devastating because it just seems like um seems pointless seems like a pointless death um but what can you do uh, you know, maybe he would have caught it if you know, even if he had been careful, which of course happens. But um, I'm just very sad, and I am sad that I'm not going to be able to talk to him anymore um, when I go home. So that was um, kind of rough, and I think you know, I think my mom is kind of she's very very sad about it. Um, and then just last night on our Grateful Dead community online. Twitter, deadhead Twitter, head Twitter, um, possibly, probably, possibly the pillar of, of head Twitter, this account named thoughts on the dead. I think it's called thoughts on GD is the handle, but thoughts on the dead, um, who had been like one of the funniest, smartest, 
um, presences, um, personalities, people around in our community. And he also had a blog. And I know that, like, I know that he had been, like, in touch with sort of, like, kind of the, um, I don't know, a lot of, like, deadhead Twitter. And um, Amir Barlev, who made Long Strange Trip on Amazon, had told me that he was a big fan of Thoughts on the Dead, which is no surprise. Well, anyway, I think, like, a year ago or so, I, I'm not sure the exact timing, but he sort of announced that he had cancer, and he announced it in his very, like, roundabout, self-effacing, sarcastic way. But And it was pretty clear it wasn't going well. And then last night it was announced by his brother that that this this person um, passed away yesterday. Um, and I didn't know until yesterday that his name was Rick Harris. Um, he was very private. Uh, and it, now it's been revealed that some of some of the people in our community knew him personally, um, privately and personally, and they have, of course, great things to say about him. And um, it's just it's very odd. It's an odd feeling to feel so sad about someone you a never met and b didn't even know their name until after they were gone but um rest in peace to thoughts on the dead um well what else it's been a year of i've dealt with more death in the past year than than i have in many years um but these things happen i was i took for a long time i was thinking about how lucky I was um I was just like ah, I don't I haven't been very touched by death and then my dad died and then this person in Cincinnati died and I just feel like and then the all of our world has dealt with death it's just been it's, um it's been the it's been that year where it, it caught up with everyone um anyway uh where to go from there I guess uh talk about the audio I listened to didn't listen to much audio just listen to the the regular podcasts I listen to, I've kind of been in a in a holding pattern. Um, I listen to this podcast called <laughs> The A to Z of Phil Collins. I don't know if I mentioned that last time, but it's a Phil Collins sanctioned podcast. It's like five episodes hosted by some UK radio presenter. Um, and the episodes are only like seven minutes long. And he's just going through the alphabet, talking about random things for each letter. Like B was for Band-Aid, and he talked about playing Live Aid and everything. And um, it's kind of fun if you're at all interested in Phil Collins, which I very much am. Um, uh, sometimes listen to the Daily by the New York Times when it looks interesting, and sometimes not. And I'm still like, I still chuckle when I think about some random Twitter handle I thought I saw once whose name they had changed their name to Michael Barbaro, saying "Hmm, hmm," um, like the Daily guy. So, um, and yeah, and just like. Is there anything else I listen to? Oh, yeah. Um, my friend Ryan out in Whistler, B.C., who um, I uh, kind of grew up with, knew as a teenager in Ontario, um, he turned me on to this podcast, uh, an interview with Alan Cross, who's a famous Canadian radio D personality, and he was um, a person on CFNY in Toronto when I was in high school. Uh, CFNY, the station's gone through many changes, but in the 80s, it was freeform, and it was known as the Spirit of Radio, which is where Rush got that song title from so the alan cross episode it was it was an interview with this podcast named toronto miked like it's a guy named mike in toronto and he just interviews toronto people so i kind of got a kick out of that so i listened to a few episodes with um random famous canadians that 
you guys as Americans wouldn't know, but I very much know, and it was kind of a hoot to listen to that. So I subscribed. We'll see. I'll listen to some episodes. Um, they had a good episode on the making of um, where they just discussed Tears Are Not Enough by Northern Lights, which is Canada's We Are the World. came out in 85, and it was on the We Are the World record. Um, I was glad that they agreed that Getty Lee is the MVP of that song, which he very much is. Um, oh, and I listened to Green to Gold, the new Antlers album, first Antlers album in seven years. It's beautiful and just soft and wondrous. And that's it. Books. I haven't read any books. I finished Free Food for Millionaires, I think I mentioned last time, by Min Jin Lee. I have um, my friend Daria Zawatsky recommended uh, The Financial Lives of the Poets by Jess Walter, which is a novel that came out like 10 years ago. I'm going to try and quickly read. And I got the new Kevin Roos um, book on AI I have to read. And I just got a notification that I have another book on hold that is ready for pickup at the library. I don't even know which one it is. So we shall see. So hopefully I'll read more by the next time. And I uh, guess that's it. Um, Beer-wise, oh, the, my favorite beer the last few weeks was Threes had a collaboration with Creature Comforts from Athens, Georgia. And um, that was yummy. Um, it was called Guilt by Association. And that was good. Hazy IPA. And Threes actually this week opened up indoor dining for the first time in a year. Another sign of normalcy. Um, anyway, that's it. 25 minutes. This is one of my longest episodes ever. So I will cut it off here. Yeah, so reporting from the window, looking out at partly cloudy skies on Wednesday afternoon, April 7th, 2021, here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Uh, this has been, oh, episode 62. I'm not sure I mentioned that. This is episode 62 of the Conrad Life Report. Take care and talk next time.